Welcome back to Game Brain, a podcast about board games and our gaming group. In this episode, we are going to review the 2023 release Thunder Road Vendetta and discuss learning modes in games. And to do this, I am joined by my special guest, the game pioneer, Jennifer Schlickburn. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Trey. It's great to be back. Thank you. <laughs> Great. People even remember uh, Jennifer was a co-host with us for a while, and uh, this is one of our opportunities where we're happy to have her back. So you said, um, how'd this come about? You you messaged me one day, and you you had played a, what evacuation, and, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Tell tell me about like what why you wanted to do this episode. What was on your mind? Well, there's a couple of things. One is you know I'm on hiatus with my. Uh, YouTube channel, which is going to come back. It's going to come back in a different form, mm -hmm. but I'm on hiatus with it at the moment. And then, yeah, I was just thinking about tutorials and in board games and how I was experiencing them. And I thought, you know, that could be a good topic for Game Brain. Well, if I'm going to suggest a topic, the least I can do is show up, right? Right. And so... Don't just say, hey, you should talk about this. <laughs> right, like this, yeah. this would be a chance to to come on and, and, and share your thoughts on it, which is, which is great. I think it's a good idea. And I think we had a, we had a little bit, like we're texting uh, back and forth through like Facebook Messenger and started to have like a little bit of an argument. It's like, oh yeah, maybe this, maybe this would be a, a good thing to, to talk with other people about. Yeah, because Trey and I love arguing. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Right, exactly. We don't always agree. However, I always respect his opinion. It's always well thought out. It's, you know, just sometimes we don't, we don't agree. <laughs> sometimes Trey is wrong. Like most times? Like most times? She when respects my wrong okay. opinion. No, when he doesn't agree with me, then of course he's wrong. I mean, that's obvious, right? Well, you and I have been getting in some gaming uh, recently. We played yeah. last night, and then, yeah. uh, what, a week ago, we yeah. had uh, SoCal Games Day. Yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about that? We played, we got together uh, at, what is it, the Little White Chapel. This yeah. Is, this is a local kind of gaming group that has like three times a year, a couple, you know? Well, it really depends on stuff, and, you know, um, it looks like... She's doing it more often because before it was like three times a year, but the last one before this one was in November, I think. Mm -hmm. COVID kind of put a yeah. A I mean, on getting COVID together does, and playing board games, but yeah, it's starting to ramp back up. Yeah, and hopefully she will do them more than two or three times a year because we all love them. It's a great space. We're talking about our friend Stephanie, who kind of yeah, Stephanie organizes. Yes. I got a chance to play with her and uh, David Zevin and Lana. We got in a game of Mercator. Gosh, Lana, Lana, Lana wanted to play a, you know an, an old school Euro. Yeah, uh, and so we you know got back and played the the 2010 right you know Uva Rosberg Merc Mercator game, and that was a lot of fun. That's still like a really elegant little design. Yeah, where, like there's not a lot of spinning wheels, but it's yeah, a, it's a solid and it's game. also an Ube game that doesn't have food, which is amazing, right? That's true. You can't starve. <laughs> no, exactly. Are there any massive penalties or something that you take on in that game? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, <laughs> you know. You oh no, no, you can you can get you can go for certain goals, and then if you haven't met them by the end of the game, then they're negative or right, something like yeah. that. Right? Yeah, it does punish you like that. However, you know, in the current Euro in environment, I'm not sure if he would still design it that way. Maybe, yeah, but he was still, like, this wasn't Agricola Tough 
but there's still there's still some negatives there, and it's a solid game. I mean, probably a lot of people who listen to our podcast now have never even heard of Mercator. And right, but, right, and it's really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, it's a lot of cubes, right? Um, like it's not only like eight or nine different colored cubes but like each colored cube could represent one of two different types of right exactly this red comes from france so this could be wine or it could be plums i think or something something something. like that so it's all like what square you put it in on your board and you're trading and fulfilling contracts yeah yeah no i think if he were to do a redesign even for him because you know uve's games are always low-key you know, he doesn't. There's not a bunch of miniatures. There aren't a ton of colors. You're not battling. Right. Exactly. No. The the interface, but the interface for that one could be brought more current. Who knows? Maybe the Thunder Road Vendetta Restorations people will take a, a, a cut out. <laughs> hey, that's what we need is Uwe Rosenberg, where people are starving in, the, in their post-apocalyptic death right. race match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would kind of be on brand, yeah. I guess, that you'd yeah. starve in the post-apocalyptic desert. So we got a chance to play um, with Bruce. Yeah. Uh, the three of us played Arborea. Yeah. This is what um, this is 2023 from right. Danny Garcia, same designer as Barcelona. Yes. Yes. So you want to talk about uh, that game? This is like this is a game you were really excited to play. Was, yeah. Was that yeah. your first time, or you had played a few times prior to that? Oh no, we we had played a few times, and I also want to say that Bruce is my gaming partner and my ex husband that, uh-huh. that lives with me as a tenant. Um, yeah, so we have played it now, I think, five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played it just this last week. And it's really interesting, but, you know, it goes back. Okay, so um, over the years, in the last five years or so, there's been a big move away from big turns, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But Arborea goes back to those big turns. Right. You know, and that can, yeah, it can be a while from like you make your move and it might be 15 minutes before it gets, right. gets back around to you there. Cause exactly. You're, yeah, the next players are kind of chaining a bunch of actions together. They're not. They're not tiny. So for people that don't know this game, it's a little bit hard to describe because it <laughs> it has an art style that's kind of like a Miyazaki Japanese film and we're kind of dealing with, I don't know, like wood spirits or something yeah, like that where we're yeah. kind of like rebuilding the world after something has happened and yeah uh, and we're uh, collecting resources we're planting trees yep and maybe like the thing that's uh, most distinctive about it is that it has what's been compared to zolkin is that it has a mechanism that kind of represents time that when you place a worker it is a worker placement but when you place a worker in one of like four different areas you're essentially placing this worker on like a conveyor belt yes and um you you place him on the place your worker on the conveyor belt it tends to move but then when other players take actions where they have their workers on the conveyor belt they're pushing it along too right so a lot of times like some a lot of the skill in the game is how do you piggyback off of other people's actions like let other people almost like a panamax type of thing we're like how right. do i position my meeples so that other people's meeples will advance mine because it's one of games this is why the comparison to zulkin the longer your worker is on one of these conveyor belts when they finally get off of the conveyor belt the larger the rewards right are right however i'd like to note that if you 
I mean, you have a limited number of workers that you can put on, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can't just have all of your workers sitting there because then you won't have actions. Plus, sometimes the game state can change and you're going, oh, I sure wish I had a worker to put over here because this is really going to work well for me in this moment. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it is. You know, it's really funny because it's a five player game. I can't imagine. Exactly. So on Board Game Geek, it's like 95% of the people say, don't play it with five. <laughs> it would be, it could be a really long time before it gets back to your turn at five. Yeah. It was, it was a pretty good length at three where I felt like it overstated its welcome just a little bit. Just a little bit, Just right. a little bit. And so that's why I think like, oh, four would not be better and no. five would be... Yeah, see, the what's interesting about the interaction, right, is that you think, oh, well, you know, more players, more interaction. But it really doesn't work that way. You know, because of just the game and mm-hmm. how it runs, you don't get more interaction. Plus, a lot of the interaction is passive. Mm-hmm. It's passive interaction. You don't, you know, take that. There's no take that. There is no blocking. You can't really block. Right. And so you in, in this specific game, you wouldn't benefit i don't think from any more than three we have played it with two two it's a little slow developing as a game mm-hmm. you, you see what i mean because you do di- need the other players to kind of do some of the work of having the conveyor belts right exactly kind of pushed along and at five it might be super fast r- <laughs> super fa- <laughs> like it would be a very different game at five i just i think the the you're you're waiting around for a long because t- it's there's it's not many turns it's not like when people are doing things that you're you know you're having little reactions off it it's like you really are just waiting right so and, like the most and- choice you could make is like somebody makes a move and you could say do you want to get off can you does your worker want to hop off and you can hop off on someone else's turn which is so great that's something like that's yeah. more that's more interactive but- yeah yeah the other thing is really notable is that the game rules specifically say hey you do these choices when it's not your turn mm-hmm. you know so don't take up even more time <laughs> i think this game um i think there's some really cool things about the game i especially like how they treated market resources because all of the resources in the game are essentially shared right like you have access you're never taking resources and putting them on your player board it's a commonly shared thing which i thought was really interesting and as you contribute uh resources to this common pool a lot of times you can either like use them immediately for yourself or you can score points for for you know generating these resources for the community and generally like the, the the less of the thing that is out there, the bigger your reward for providing right, it, which is right. a, an interesting idea that I'm, I'm planning on ripping off for one of my right. own designs recently. It's not that different than, say, brass when you're when you put more iron or coal yeah. into the market, but it's it's more but, immediate. Yeah, well, the other thing is it's more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like the the wild card, the blue, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, I can get fifteen points, but hey, I'm leaving four wilds. 
for or that, someone else right, to scoop exactly. up. But I got 15 points, and 15 points is a lot of points. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, am I giving Bruce, you know, 20 points this yeah. way? <laughs> so, so I've, yeah, I thought like the, the, the conveyor belt as an expression of time was very interesting in that game. And I thought the way they treated resources, it, that lower left portion of the board with the resource. Right, yeah. Board, I thought that was was very interesting. Especially, there's it's almost like a two-piece yeah, thing it is. where you when uh, you two piece, yeah. when you create a good, you're kind of moving the top half of a of a cube, essentially, saying, "Okay, I'm gone from one to three, yeah. so I now have access to these resources, which I could use on my turn to complete some contracts, right. That we have, but if I don't use them at the end of my turn, the bottom half of the cube kind of moves up, and you say, "Oh, well, it moved up three spaces, and I'm looking at these spaces, and so that's you know, uh, four, three, and two points. So that's a total of nine that I just scored. Right. Like that's And I thought that was, that was very clever. Yeah, because it makes you think, right? And it also makes you, you can't really plan because, of course, other people move the things up and down. But, hmm, you know, that, that pink um, has six resources, so maybe I should take the pink cards. Right. You're more likely to take a contract that's going to use the pink resources. Yeah. So there, there's, there's some interesting stuff that comes there. Right. I think this game is going to be a little paralyzed, uh, um, not paralyzing, um, what's the, split, splitting people pretty dramatically, uh, polarizing. Polarizing, This game is going to be yes. polarizing, and I find I fall on one side of the polarizing because I, I think there are plenty of people who look at the theme and say, this is a cute theme, doesn't mean anything, and I don't care. And then I'm more in the camp of like, I'm really having a tough time like visualizing, like, what are we actually doing here? Trey like, this, always needs his I, narrative. I folks. need a narrative that makes sense. Yeah. And, and this this one is total total gobbledygook. Right. But at exactly. least it's pretty it's it's and I'm not even sure it's pretty gobbledygook. It's colorful. It's very colorful, colorful. Gob- gobbledygook. If you walked up to this board, you would turn your head. There were a number of comments. There were a number of people that wandered up and said, that's a colorful game. I know, exactly. And we, you had a friend with like a tie-dye shirt. No, um, this uh, who, who was it that wandered up who had a crazy looking shirt? AJ? Yes. Some, and we're getting pictures of like, oh, this is the most vibrant, you know, vomit of multiple colors <laughs> I've ever seen in, in a board game. But that might be exactly what some people what some people want. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, a friend of mine who buys so many euros, she said, Batoku was my limit. Batoku <laughs> is, yeah, is a little bit in that, uh, yeah, is, yeah. is kind of like, this would be a double feature. Right. Right. If exactly. this were the new Beverly, there would be a Batoku uh, double feature with Arborea. Yeah. And she said, Arborea is too far. You know, so that was, that was kind of funny, but I'm going to see her at Dice Tower West and we'll see. All right, any other games you've been playing lately that you want to talk about? Yeah, I did. Uh, Capstone just announced Pirates of Maracaibo to be um, released at Gen Con, which is weird because it was released at Essen 2023, so it's like almost a year later. Right, before Uh, America, we have to wait all the way till August. Yeah, exactly. Well, we have really enjoyed it. I know... You have a copy that you got at Essen, okay. Yes, it's... Yeah, yes, yeah. I I didn't get it, Chris Buskirk. Okay. Got it for me. Uh, he was so kind. Um, He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, enjoy playing with him. He's strong, everything. Um, so Pirates of Maracaibo basically distills Maracaibo down to, you know, its 
fun parts. Okay. <laughs> sure. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it I haven't played it, but... Okay. It uses a card layout. So every game is going to be different, mm -hmm. you know? And really, it's you either move or you're at the end and you uh, do what it says. And that's really the rules. But of course, when you move, there's all these icons and sure, it tells sure. you what else to do. But I was just thinking of how much simpler it was. So it's a streamlining yes, of the, of the exactly. Maracaibo kind of big game. Right. Now, I have to note, folks, I now buy every Alexander Pfister game because he put me on a card in the Maracaibo expansion, so I feel obligated. <laughs> that worked. They, yeah. He bought a customer for life with, right, a, with, exactly. a, with a, a single expansion card. Yeah, exactly. I was so complimented. So, uh, yeah, we've been But you're disappointed. This isn't going to come out for quite a while for, right. for the United States. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, but so far you've really liked it. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, uh -huh. so this is like, hey, look forward to it. But yeah. it's still February. And I think Gen Con's either at the end of July or beginning of August of every August. year. So yeah. this is going to be yeah. a while before... We can get it. Yeah, that's a disappointment. But everybody else who's played it has enjoyed it as well. It's more of a midway, I'd mm -hmm. say 3.5 maybe, you know, or versus Maracaibo. If you include its complexity, mm -hmm. you're looking at 3.8, 3.9, I would argue maybe even 4. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've, um, it's been, it's like, okay, he took the good parts and just put them in one game. <laughs> and now, you know, for people who didn't like the other game, the other thing, of course, is it's a pirate game. So we don't have that indigenous people issue that <laughs> has played. In this treatment? <laughs> yeah. Um, the indigenous people issue that has plagued his designs right. and the past. So, yeah, I mean, because, you know, you're stealing from other ships or whatever, or, you know, other pirates, you know, and uh, the characters are not really discernible like that. Okay. So, you know, yeah. The other thing... They didn't I've, have these specific identities that, that felt like the core game. Right, you yeah. You image. And right, you could, well, you know... You could discern the, a lot from the story they're trying to tell with the image. Right, especially yes. Especially the Jennifer card, you know. Right, of course, but they had more than one person of color. No, he... Uh, he really made a turnaround, which I was... Yeah, he's been listening to feedback from you and others. And, yeah, and, yeah. He's trying to address that. Yeah, you know, like, you know, I'm black and colonizing Africa in Mombasa just wasn't that fun mm. for some reason. Let's put it on the moon. <laughs> Which is what he did, yeah. right? Yeah, that was that was a moment. Um, <laughs> so there's another game you wanted to yeah, talk about? Yes, so I have my, the other game I've been playing. Now, normally, folks, I'm not a solo gamer. However, I looked at uh, Chip Theory's 20 Strong. Okay, I don't know anything about this. Really? What is, yeah. It's right, right. It's right over there. Um, we're at my place recording. Um, and 20 Strong, when I was reading about it, it seemed to be like Solitaire, the card game that you used to play. Mm -hmm. I used to play the heck out of Solitaire card games. Sure. And this seemed like kind of a 2024 or 2023 version of just playing Solitaire. And guess what? It was. 
But in a good way. Yeah, in a good way, definitely. So what 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 makes something a 2024 solitaire? Well, because, you know, you're turning over cards and you're going, okay, well, I have to battle this card or I don't. Or So there's like challenges and right. you have decisions about where you're right. going to exactly. kind of address it. Right. But, you know, a good solitaire game, a card game. When I say solitaire, I card game, I mean the 52-card deck. Right. So, you know, that kind where of Where you're, fo- you're like following suits and putting right. the numbers in the right places. And right. Sometimes it feels a little automatic, but you actually have some real choices about Yes, exactly. And just like in, in, now in 20 Strong, you don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go, oh, well, you now, know. what's the theme here of like 20 Strong? Um, is, this, uh, is that a reference theme. to? He's asking about a Euro. Yeah, I'm consistent in my Yes. Brand. Well, I have really bad. I feel like I should know this. Is It's like 20 Strong. Is it like the 300 Spartans or something no, like that? No, this one. Okay, so there's the base game that comes with one expansion, and that one is space, okay. now that I think about it. But there's always already one for Too Many Bones, which is RPG. Mm-hmm. And then there's one They're like for- Too Many Bones is like little goblins fighting and stuff, isn't it? Or No, Too Many Bones, which I, I have over here, is people. Is it goblins? Man, it's been a minute. It might be. Might be. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I, uh, yeah. Matt, and Matt really I, likes uh, too many bones a lot. Who does? Matt. Well, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's a chip theory fan. He's a chip, and, he, and he's a big solo solo gamer. So yeah, like, and he's a solo gamer. He does the right. solo mode for the podcast here. Right. So. Exactly. So um, I only have the base in the first expansion. That's probably all I'm going to get because it's really something that I do to kind of spend the time. I have... Um, I've been playing video games since 1981, and so I'm finally burning out. Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> yeah. What, 60, I don't know, 50, some, 40 something now, years Now, is there later. any, is, is um, 20 Strong, is this a game that's available now? Or Yes, it, okay. yeah. Uh, all right, okay, when I bought it, it was available. Chip Theory sells out of their games. They, do a, they the, do a limited run, and then right, it, it can be hard exactly. to, to get it. Gotcha. Yeah, but you can do a pre-order on their website, and then they do other do another run, right? So that would be the way. Okay, we'll put a we'll put a link in the in the show notes oh, here to kind yeah. of yeah yeah. No, up. if you're a solo gamer and you like card games and you don't want to play for hours, my big problem with solo games and it's really it's a me problem. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like oh, I'm gonna set. Up, you know, weather machines. Oops, <laughs> weather machine solo. Two hours later, I finally get, get to going. play, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's only me. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I could play a video game. No, but, right. And this is on the short and easy kind of. Yes, you're very not setting easy. up Mr. President. I, th- I saw right. uh, Matt recently was playing uh, Earthborn Rangers, which I'm still excited to play, and he was playing that solo on his on his table. When we when we came in one evening, so like there should be a range of like sometimes you just want a little solitaire game where you're right. gonna take the deck and right. play it out, and maybe you'll play it once, maybe you'll play it three times, you right. know, and yeah, it's whatever exactly. it's whatever time you have, and it doesn't have all that setup because mm-hmm. see, I guess for being in the hobby so long, if I'm setting up a game. I got people to play with, right? And I'm setting up a game, and it's only me, really. So, or there's like I've seen like a lot of people that play solo like war games. You almost have to dedicate a portion of your house, right, to this, where you've got your like pullout trays, right, and stuff because you need it to like you're going to devote a dozen or more hours to a game. You need to be able to preserve its game state rather than right. if you leave it on the table. And it's like, well, we have to eat dinner, so there goes your game, <laughs> right? You know that can go right. Away. In fact, we're sitting at my four foot by six foot. 
table that I got uh, made by basically a carpenter a few months ago. So uh, to, to be able to do more of these games, although I may, I had scholars, the new, you know, scholars, mm-hmm. uh, South Tigris game, right. not that popular in my group. And I really like it. So I may eventually set it up yeah. and, and do it solo. I think what I mean, Elder loves all those games. Yes. So Elder is you're a, not you're not completely alone. But. No, no, that is true. Although, you know, Elder binges on his games. Yeah, and well, I think he's past this bit. Oh, he's moved on? Okay. All right. <laughs> now he'll still play it though. Sure. But uh yeah, the the only game I know him not to move past is Aura at Labora. We will always. It's a long-term love affair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uwe at his best. The one game um, that I've, I've, like, games on the brain for me is I've been kind of banging this drum since I saw it at BGG Con uh, is K-Caloria. It's Kickstarter. Wait, what? You may not have heard of it. It was actually, this was a Uh, game that was at a vendor's table at BGG Con, and I thought it was really clever, where it's kind of an ecosystem game that's played with tiles, where you lay lay out tiles, and it's got almost like a dominant species thing to it, where you're laying down different organisms, and in order to support the higher end of the food chain, you essentially had to build a you know, a tree of, you know, of the food chain in order to support the people. And humans end up being at like the top of the the food chain in the environment that you're building by placing these tiles. In any case, I thought this looked like a really interesting education adjacent game. Um, but they're actually, they just went on uh, Kickstarter about 48 hours ago. I think oh, really? on Friday and then we're here on on Thursday, and I think we're here on, on Saturday, and they've already funded. Uh, I did a backing. This is one of those games that's interesting in that... Um, in order to play the game, you have to buy a set for every player. Ah, but a set is magic. The yeah, in this case, uh, this, it's a set of hexagons, and they come in a tube, and each tube is about twenty bucks. Not bad. And in fact, it's cheaper than that uh, when you buy a, you know more than one set on Kickstarter here. So like, oh, I went okay. in and got four sets, and they actually have two different ecosystems right now. They have a like a uh, Texas East Piney Woods. No wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was in Texas, and they're, and they're Texas designers, and then I think they also have an ecosystem that's from Mexico. Yeah, Trey is from Texas. I am from Texas. And, yes. and we're a little Texas adjacent, as my mom and her eight brothers and sisters came from Sherman, Texas. And so I feel like I know Texas, even though <laughs> even I've though never— Even though you don't. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, I know, well, I'll put it this I know the parts of it that I want to know. I see. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so we kind of have little Texan jokes. I invited them over once, and we had barbecue, and Trey was like, this is Texas barbecue. And I said, absolutely. That's, that's is, that, is that right? Okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember this, but you don't remember that? I would not have lied. Yeah. No, but, well, you know, um, it didn't have sauce. Right. It's it not have, sugary and saucy. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, that Well, let's 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 go ahead and transition to like last night we played Right. Uh, I've, I've only played this uh, Thunder Road Vendetta with you and last night we got a chance to play it. Why don't we why don't we get into our review? Here? All right. So, I gosh, as soon as I press the button it disappears. <laughs> All right. Would well, so, you want me to do a little background on it or no, do you, you want to go? I've I've got the All right, the go for little it. story. Please jump in as you feel appropriate. <laughs> 
Okay, so Thunder Road Vendetta, I first bought the retail because I wasn't sure about the game. And we played it a couple of times and loved it to death. We just thought, you know, this is Car Wars. I don't are you pre or post Car Wars? I definitely remember Car Wars from I think my early gaming career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I was thirteen. Because the Steve Jackson game. Yes. And it was a small box game that then it kind of expanded to something uh, bigger. Right. But it was a pain. And, you know, you had to use the rulers and, you know. Right. You're measuring measuring, weapon systems and die rolls. It was overwhelming for what it really was. Yeah. It was almost like a... uh, a scaled down version of Starfleet battles, right? From, yeah, from, exactly. From them and uh, like our friend uh, Matt Patterson, I think still plays Car Wars tournaments, but because he played that when he was a kid, yeah, right. <laughs> but this game uh, for so just like the basic pitch here though is this is a like post apocalyptic yes. death race, right? And the, this game is kind of a re implementation of the 1986 game that right. Milton Bradley did called right. Thunder Road, which is clearly just like I was looking again at the art. And, and the miniatures from this game. And it's clearly just the Road Warrior. Right. Like th- this is based upon the Road Warrior, especially the the end chase sequence from the Road right. Warrior. Right. So you can imagine like a number of vehicles heading down the freeway, the Thunder Thunder Road, and just colliding with each other and smashing things up. And in the end, there can only be a single person winner. who kind of winner who kind of complete, complete gets to the end of the road. And that's that's the kind of core concept here. Yeah, so I loved it so much. So the Kickstarter for the Maximum was over, and I couldn't make Gen Con. Mm. So, but they put some up on the web shop for sale. So, you know, okay, well, it's going to be 10 o'clock at, on Tuesday. Great. I'll show up. The website crashed so badly. So I was talking to customer support, and they're like, oh, you're Jennifer Slickburn, the the co-designer of Advances. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? They said this. <laughs> they said this. Okay. And they go, we're going uh-huh. to reserve a copy for you. <laughs> <laughs> they knew about you on BGG, and they were afraid. Oh, really? They were, they were afraid of what you would do. You'd be on BGG. It's like, I went on the website. No, 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 no. They weren't. I wouldn't do that. And they weren't afraid of that. But it was just, hey, you know, I'll take the name drop, okay? Sure. <laughs> and you got a copy that way. Yes. All right. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was, I mean, to be honest, to be recognized like that was like, wow. That is. It's Im- incredible, literally. Yeah. Yeah. That is really something. So, um, you know, okay. So the, these are my, you know, thoughts. And like I said, Frank. Well, do the basics first. Like, put, okay. do, do the elevator pitch. Like, explain to people what this well, game is. Well, you are better at that because I tend not to talk about the theme as much okay, as okay. you like. Well, maybe I'll just do some, some basics here straight out of uh, Board Game Geek. So this is a game for two to four players. It's definitely, like, yeah. if you want to play. Now the, there's an expansion that, that the takes it to five. The maximum is five. The maximum the, takes the, it to the five. maximum version. We played it with uh, four last night. Four is a real good number. I think that BGG has it as four. For, they have it down as a 45 to 75 minute playtime. That seems pretty accurate. Well, but it was like half an hour for me last we night. We played a short a shorty <laughs> <laughs> last night because there are certain rules that when one player gets eliminated, uh, the game is not going to go uh, too much longer. This is not a heavy game. No. They, the weight on BGG is, is 2.02. And I, I say that this is a beer and pretzels game with 
tremendous amount of affection in that like this to me feels like the beer and pretzels game that i always wanted right exactly it's not it's just you have just enough agency in the game to feel like you have some control so it's not just die rolling oh look i got a six you know it's you are it is more thoughtful than that yeah, it does have some, like, it has implemented some Euro mechanics to the, the massive amount of dice that we're rolling. Right. Like, you would think I would hate this, other than <laughs> I love the theme, as Road Warrior is one of my favorite movies. But, like, it does involve a lot of dice rolling. But then it does some really smart things, which is, rather than necessarily, like, you know, yes, there's some, like, roll to hit type of stuff. But it's also the case that, like, you're controlling three vehicles, you're rolling four dice, you know, based upon what you roll, then you're going to assign them to on your turn. You're going to assign a die to one of your cars, and then you're going to carry out an action. So there's that thing that happens a little bit on like uh, King of Tokyo, right? Where you roll your dice, you see what you get, and then you're starting to plan out. Okay, how right. am I going to use Which my is, dice? You know, if you think about it, right? A lot of designers would have had you roll your dice and pre-assign them. Mm-hmm. But this lets you react, react. Yeah. to where your car ended up from the last time you saw it, right? So in the game, um, you can slam into people, into people's cars, and then those cars can slam into other people's cars. And what's cool about it is they did it right. It feels like, yeah, this is, you know. They kept it simple. Exactly. And, and that kept it fun. Right, exactly. But it also didn't, feel like, oh, it's completely in I mean, it is kind of random, but for example, a large car has a benefit slamming into a small car, right? And that is rational, and that makes sense, right? So, and it gives you, it gives a little bit more com- complexity because you can think about that both with the large car, but also, hmm, do I want to put my small car right in front of these two large cars? Because that's going to be... <laughs> a recipe for a disaster. <laughs> yeah. and, th- and there's a balance thing there, too, which is that the, the big car, the van, is going to kind of like win all the... Not win all the collisions, but it's going to get a re-roll if it doesn't like the result. At the same time, it's much easier to hit when people are firing at it. Right. Whereas the little buggy is going to not do so well with collisions, but is actually hard to shoot. And so it, right. it can kind of sometimes rabbit and get away from other people. So one, yeah. so one thing I'm going to like just point out, if you're trying to visualize this game, one of the main features of this game is kind of like a, um, a sectional highway system where at the beginning of the game, you're going to lay out kind of like a starting tile, like we were using parking lot, right? which is a pretty straightforward first section. But then you're kind of randomly placing after that these different tiles that have unique character. We're like, this this one's full of flame. This one's full of jumps and rocks that can kill you. This one's covered in ice or, you know, is a a salt flat type of thing. This one's Mm -hmm. covered in in goop. But uh, one of the things that really makes sense for like a highway racing game is as you make progress down the board the back can disappear and you're adding new tiles that are almost like random what they're going to be so the road is rushing upon you and right. the challenges are changing as as you go and you're going to play until 
uh, generally until like one person's eliminated. Yes. Okay. So once one person is eliminated, then there are no more tiles added. They'll say that, that this final tile, that's the finish line yeah, and the first exactly. person to get there. Yeah. You can also win just by killing everyone else. Right. Which has happened. Yeah. Um, the, and what I really like about that, you know, back in the day, it wouldn't have been that way. Everybody would have had to have been eliminated and except one. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, we're talking uh, diplomacy. You know, I mean, basically. Right, right, right. You, yeah. have to, you have to get to your 18 supply centers and right. control over half the board. Or yeah. monopoly. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, but right. they, but having it that way, I felt was a good in between. You know, so you have one player who's going to have to wait maybe half hour at most. Right. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. Oh, you're talking about once they're eliminated before you can jump right. back into another game? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what happened last night is you had some terrible dice rolls. It was Fire actually, is bad. It was really funny. I know. Like That's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the things that I, I love about this game is like you can't take winning too seriously. No. Exactly. Like actually like being eliminated can be really hilarious. Right. You had some just terrible... Dice rolls. I fell into a pit. That was not fun. And then my car yeah, you caught... crashed into some canyon side. Right, yeah. Your car caught on fire, <laughs> fire, which can be a good thing. When you're on fire, you actually drive a lot faster. Yes. Um, but instead, you blew up. Yes. It's, yes. It's, it's one out of a sixth chance, right? But it and... was the case, like, you were eliminated... So that triggered, hey, this third tile, you know, third road section here, that's going to be the finish line. And we actually finished the game on the next turn. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't, you know, you were not like, it's at the the right way. It's like, hey, somebody's going to get knocked out. We're going to wrap this thing up pretty quickly. And that's the right. Like, generally, we're against player elimination, but this one, like, it wasn't so bad. No, no. And also, folks, on your turn, when it's not your turn, well, first oh, of all, things are happening. Yeah, exactly. Things are happening. Yeah, exactly. So that, you know, it's not like, oh, in our particular Monopoly, when are they going to be done? Dang. He hasn't landed on Boardwalk yet. You know what I mean? And, and this is not like that. On other at players' all. turns, often you're getting crashed into or shot. Or shot. It's yeah. just causing some chain reaction where someone yeah. has hit your car, so you've banged into a third car, yeah. and then we're rolling on that, and and crazy things are happening. Um, I think this is one of those games where, uh, yes, you're trying to win, but like winning is completely beside right, the point. Right, right. Now, see, Trey hasn't had the sandworm eat his back car. I have not encountered the sandworm. No, yet. and he had a car that was way back there, and I'm going, you know, if you turn over the wrong thing... I saw you were eyeing... <laughs> because one of the uh, one of the interesting things that happens is if you can actually get to the end of the road, and there are cars that are still on the first road, because there's always a three road section right. sequence there. And if you if one car is able to move off of the board, triggering another road section, any cars that are on the you know the first one still, they're just eliminated. Right, like you're out of the race. You're right. too far back. Yeah, yeah. You you in let's say real life, and because you- you're balancing the three car thing, it's actually not that rare for you to have one car that you're like, I'm really been racing these two and this other one's back here. Like, And suddenly it's knocked out. Right. Yeah. Which, again, what does that do? That says, hey, player, you got to pay attention to all the cars if you want to keep all the cars. And a lot of times you do. Oh, the other thing that's very cool, and this is what balances that runaway right. small car, is the helicopter. 
So you can always bring You can in, allocate a die yes. to shoot somebody. And generally, you use your helicopters to shoot someone who's out front. Right. You, they're, they're in the game. There are mechanisms for kind of dealing with the, the runaway leader. Right. And, and that's fine because it does, like, there is a, you know, like, there, there are casualties. There's attrition. This is, this is part of it. If you're going to, you know, devote a ton of resources to sending your car out front, are the other people going to use their dice to shoot you? Yes. Yeah, exactly. They, they absolutely exactly. are. And then if you take two damage, you aren't moving. Right. If you've taken two, yeah, if you've taken two, two hits, um, you, you're no longer moving. You're not destroyed. No. But you have to kind of use a die, and it's a kind of a hard die, in order uh, to uh, a six, six. In order in order to repair it. So I wanted to highlight a couple of kind of Euro-y things that they've sure. done here that have that have made it more than just a dice chucker right. chaos fest. Right. And again, I'm fine with the dice chucking chaos yeah, fest, right. but they do have a few things that make it a little more Euro. One is as you're because you roll four dice on your turn, if you've had a car eliminated, you don't have to allocate one of those dice to that car, which means you can do other things with those dice and kind of focus on your remaining cards. Right. So that's a nice thing. Yeah, the only thing is now you can allocate it as a coast dice that will give your other cards or one of your other cards for each die a plus one move. <laughs> that's right. These dice are kind of like never wasted. Right. And then you have this other thing, which is the command board, which is you have three cards, you have four dice. On your turn, you can allocate one of your dice on one of your turns to this command board, and they per have, round, yeah, per per round, and this just gives you some functionality. We already talked about the helicopter; like you can just any doesn't matter what the number is, you can place a helicopter and shoot at that guy who's trying who's way out in front. You also have the chance to do like a nitro move; like you can allocate a one through three die, yeah, to get one car extra moves. You can also repair one of your vehicles. You have to do that on a six, and then there's a see, there's a drift. Thing that right. Nobody used drift in our game, which is kind of like we your, don't see it a lot either. It's a shield, essentially. You, right. Your first slam that you receive on your on your turn, you will. Ignore. Well, I think it's for those times when your small car, for whatever reason, is behind and you're trying to get around a, a bigger car without mm-hmm. you know taking that penalty. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, it doesn't happen that much because I think it's instinctive to. Bring your your smallest cars out first and push them forward. But you know, using that might be more of a of a deeper strategy that we haven't been employing. Yeah, I'm not really worried about deeper strategy. But you in know, this game, you gotta take all the help you can get. Let me tell you. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I really liked about this game, uh, like speaking of like learning, yeah, like this does not need a learning game. No, and I found when we were playing it last night that. There are, you know, like there are some rules that come in when you have to look up. Oh, hey, what's this? T-? Like, because there's hazards, right, on the on the board, and you don't actually know what they are until you cross them, right. So that's kind of some fun chaos. Then you look it up as like, oh, this is ice, or this is, uh, fire, you're, or well, you're just destroyed, or now you're on right, fire, a pit, you know, a pit. <laughs> these <laughs> these are things that happen. But I found that like these little extra rules, you don't have to teach them. Until you get to them, right? Exactly, and, that, and then it's and then it's fine. Yeah, you know? exactly. So the rules overhead was very low, very low. We I felt like despite the big box with a lot of plastic, we were kind of up and running 
real quick. And we yeah. were playing with uh, Tiffany and Nick yeah. last night. And Tiffany, like right from the beginning, was like, oh, I love this. Yeah, exactly. This is she exactly really... what she was in the mood for. Right, yeah. And yeah. another thing is, is like what one thing this game does is it gets you into the action immediately. Right, yeah, exactly. Immediately. There's no like rounds of like, we're we're all moving our cars and then we're going to kind of get close to each other right. and then we're going to start smashing. It's like, nope. nope. First player makes a move. Second player's like, I'm going to smash that guy. Right. It's so the one other guy on the board and I can smash him. Right. And, you know? and that's what I'm doing. That's and exactly I, right. Now there is so much right with the game. I don't normally spend over $100 for a game, but I really feel I've gotten my money's worth. This, I believe, is... Well, let's, let's talk about the cost because, I mean, it's listed right now at like 50 at Miniature Market and 60 at yeah, Amazon. Yeah, that's for the retail. That's the retail. You right. bought a bunch of expansions. No, um, I. what happened was I bought the retail and I realized I wanted those expansions. Uh-huh. And then I said, well, if they're going to you know, bring it back. So uh, they said they were, they were going to open up the sales for the Kickstarters that they didn't move. And so I said, well, I'll just wait for that. Because by the time I buy all the expansions, mm-hmm. it, we're looking at $120 anyway. I'm not sure if it's 120 or 150 for the maximum version. But what I really liked was having the single box. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say like for like games of this ilk that have like a lot of plastic minis. Yeah. It's a, you know, nice plastic minis and it's a pretty big box. Yeah. It's not crazy expensive. No. For no. for what it for what it is. For and for the joy and and laughter that we've gotten from it. We've been very pleased. One of the, I think like this game also like rewards you for playing fun. You know, like you're yes, you can you can kind of try to win and stay away from people, but there's so much fun in just getting right, into it right. and tussling. Now, I mean, and I, good things can happen too. You right. Know? I will tell you though, if you are playing, if one of the players insists on doing all the probabilities and measuring everything out, or you know, well, the chances are this is going to happen. You know, you have to be. I think you need to play with players that are at least open to some randomness and keeping it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you don't want to come to a player and the whole thing comes to a halt. Right. Right. Well, I haven't seen that happen. No, I we haven't either. Noting that, you know, there is probably someone out there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like but this game converted me. You know, like I this like I wouldn't have necessarily thought I would like I would it, like yeah. this. And instead it it like it brings out more like the LARPer right, while yeah. while we're playing, where it's like, I'm not taking this too seriously. Let's do the goofy thing, let's bash into each other, get on fire, jump yeah. the jumps. You know, like, is it the smartest thing to go off the ramps? No. No. <laughs> but is it fun? Yes. 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 Or getting slammed into the side of the ramp, which immediately immediately uh, eliminates you. Let's talk about, um, so I've mentioned a bunch of things that I think are really good. Uh, like Maybe a final thing would be like, I think like this is a great example of a game that knows what it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, definitely. It knows it's a beer and pretzels game. It's kept things streamlined and simple. It doesn't have a ton of Well, the actual- other thing that it knows is that it's being published in 2023. And by that, I mean that we're expecting a, a smooth experience. We're not expecting a car wars measuring and yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. You see what I mean? So I think, uh, that, but it can be hard to be that streamlined in design. But they've kept it like they've they've stopped all bloat. 
Right. Yeah. And again, like there may be like, hey, these different hazards are different, but you don't have to go and look up that what this does until you hit it. Right now, the expansions, you know, I keep meaning to bring them in. There's a big rig expansion where the truck kind of blocks you. Right. <laughs> like this big Again, rig. Again, based on Road Warrior. Right, the, the yeah, big, exactly. The big truck. Yeah. And there's also a motorcycle expansion. Right. And you can also hire a specific crew. And we haven't brought that in. I don't know. You know, this, as you mentioned, the streamlining feels so great. It's like, Why? Well, the, the core game is very good. I think maybe if people want more, yeah. that's what these well, you know, expansions are for. The maximum version, though, does include all of those different, mm-hmm. you know, the ramps, all of those different ter- terrains. And I think that was definitely well worth paying for. You th- So, like, you think the basic game doesn't have ramps? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Not that I recall. I mean... It- Admittedly, it's been a few months since I saw it, but you didn't have... One of the things that happened when we played last night is because Jennifer has this maximum version and all of the expansions are kind of mixed together in the box. Not that they're not organized, but... They are mixed. They are mixed. And so times we we would flip something and be like, oh, that's not for this. We're not not playing with that expansion. Right. But you just flip something else. You just flip something else. It was not a big deal at all. Where some other games might be like, oh, wait, I have this card. And we're really not supposed to be playing with that card because there's no water in this game or (laughs) or something. Yeah. Yeah, I kept hoping because the sandworm is from an expansion, too. But I kept hoping it would show up and it didn't. And that's one of the hazard tiles? Yes. Okay. And that's the one that eats whoever's in the back. It's so just arbitrary. It's like, oh. So here's here's some of my minor minor complaints. It's a, it's a dice chucker. You embrace that. Uh, plenty of the dice. It's fun when things like when you get blown up or you crash into a wall or all these other things. They're fun and like, hey, that's the dice. The one time where I feel like the dice are not great is if when you're rolling for your movement. Right. And you roll really low. Right. Yeah. Like, that's just not great because it just means you get to do less. Right. Like, that's not the fun chaos die right. roll. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. the, the the other players are kind of zooming past me right. and I just don't have the the muscle. The, the, the oomph. I don't have the oomph to stay with them. So that that can feel bad. And we had that happen on our first turn. Where Yeah, except where Nick, who won? <laughs> right. But who won? Excellent. Excellent point. Um, I, I pointed out that like we had a we have an issue with all the expansions mixing, but again, that wasn't a big deal. Um, like my biggest criticism, if and it's not even really one, is that when we we've played this game both times I've played it, the winner has just been the player who was the start player at on the, the end. Fi- at the end in the final yeah. turn of the game. Yeah. So they're able to act first and kind of cross the finish line yeah. first at the end. And like that's the worst thing I can say. But I think if you're actually sweating winning like that, you've kind of missed the point, right? Of yeah. the game. But if, if but at the same time, like so, this is an example of how we were talking about um, feature bloat or something. This game is not heat. Like right. heat actually has a whole system for hey, we're going to have this final turn. A lot of cars are going to cross the finish line, right? And, what, and the, the winner is the one who made it the furthest past the. I think the so. finish well, line. yeah. Plus, so if there's a tie, whoever is on the, the inside, the, so, the inside, you know, right? But like, there's a whole system there, right? And the game doesn't just end when somebody crosses no. the finish line. Whereas this one's like, no, 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 no. This is beer and pretzels. Whoever crossed the finish line, line first, first, that's the end of the game. The end. You right. Win. Now, of course, you can house rule it. 
if you want it. You could, but it's just, this is an example of like, they probably could have developed a system for this, but they're like, no, nah, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> exactly. It's good. Just play again. Yeah, it's all exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Because I will say this, it's not predictable who's going to be going first. Well, it moves around the table. Like the right. first but round, whoever rolls is, the worst goes first and right. then moves around the table. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that in the middle of the game, you don't go, oh, well, you know, he's going to go first, so he's going to win at the end. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Not but, at all. Right. I mean, that's my point. Is that yeah, you, and it's not the kind of game that a more euro game might be of like, we're jostling for turn order. Right. No, like, we're not, not doing that's that. That's not a thing. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't do that. Well, but they could have. I could <laughs> right. see being like, oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. How do I control turn order? Right. And you have a new system. Right. It's another but thing to learn. So te- I, like, they could have made it, folks. Whoever's car is in last place goes first. But that would have been tedious. All right. I've got some a couple final thoughts here. Well, let's hear your final thoughts on, on this game. Because you've, you've got a lot more history with this game than right. I do. Right. Yeah. We have had a great time every time. Um, like, getting eliminated because the last piece went off was a surprise. <laughs> Painful surprise. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. You know, Bruce, who's a, normally a very strong player, actually lost the game that way. We tried not to laugh for too long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is not a typical game for you at all you are a heavier euro player. oh yeah definitely but i'm also a back in the day you know player too and so with the frustrations of car wars uh-huh. because we tried to make it work this is the car wars you wanted right okay. exactly so it kind of goes back to my history of wow a car wars that actually works you know, I've only waited what fifty years or forty years or whatever, but it was well was the worth oh, the yeah. wait. This is this game made um, my top five, uh, even like my top three for twenty twenty three, and because it, um, I just had such a good time. Yeah, playing it. I think this is a game that would I say this is the top one hundred game of all time? No, of course not. But it's a game. I definitely wanted my collection. Yeah. Like, and, and I could see this being a game, like there's plenty of games that I respect and I love and they don't come out every year. Right. Like I don't get a play in of Castles of Burgundy every year, even though I love it. Like, <laughs> it's not like something I feel like I have to get out. If I have Thunder Road and I plan on getting it and keeping it at my parents' house. Right. Then I was like, I know I'm going to bring this out once or twice right. a year. This will be a great game with family members. Yeah, exactly. Will, you'll put it on the table. People will wander up, yep. take a look at it. They'll yep. be able to understand what's going on very quickly. Yeah. They'll be able to join in. You know, like this is like, I don't know. It probably hasn't been a huge hit, but it kind of should be. Uh, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know what their sales are. The expansion is going on Kickstarter or GameFound, one of them, uh, fairly soon. This is the Carnage at Devil's Run Yes, expansion. and that Kickstarter, I believe they promised you could still get maximum in that KS if you wanted it. All right. Well, I think... That is it. This is a big recommend for, for both of us. And that's why we're doing like that's kind of what we do here. It's like when we're really excited of game, yeah. that's when we get together and 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 talk about it. And this is not typical game rain fair, but like I said, this I don't own that many games. I think this game has a, a place in in my Right, collection. right, right. And also, you know, that the heavy games are are good and everything, but sometimes there's a game night, and you just want to lighten it up, you know? Right. You don't want to sit there on the hour-long teach and taking up 
500,000 pieces to put them on properly. This you throw down and you get going. This and, is a total mood call yeah, yeah. of like, you know what? I'm in the mood for this. Yeah. I'm not in, I'm not in the mood for something that's going to take, f- you know, five hours with a teach. Right. Exactly. Like, no, with, with the teach, with new players, we can play this game. We can be done in two hours. And max. Max, and it'll, be, and it'll be fine. And then if we want to play more, we can play more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a filler. That's the only thing I I would say. It's not really a filler. No, it's not a filler. But that said, like for the big box and all of the elements, the setup was not bad. Yeah. It it was a pretty straightforward thing. Like we had more of a setup because we, um, after you left, we played White Castle. Oh, dang. Oh, sorry. Well, don't be sorry. You know, folks, I'm I'm on a very special diet right now. And so it's important for me to get this to go to sleep at the right times Mm -hmm. to set the whole next day up. And that was why I left. But I do really like White Cat. Yeah, that's another one that's on my on my top five list. But we were playing with um, um, Nick and God, now I'm. Tiffany last night and and they're not the heavier gamers. Okay, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, but they're, you know, they they come, they play they're they not necessarily like they play those games, but they're yeah. fine with fine with the lighter stuff. I would say, you know, White Castle is a smaller box. Yes. And it's a pretty elegant game. Yes. It was still a, a more significant teach. Oh, yeah. By a long yeah, shot. Than, yeah, than, yeah. Than yeah. Well, you know, I, as Tom has mentioned previously, I tend to print out player aids mm-hmm. and other things to help people along, particularly because they can look at them and it's not their turn. And so White Castle has gone okay. I It hasn't been universally loved uh bruce feels like it doesn't have enough turns but you know only nine you have nine (laughs) turns yeah you know he's an engine builder builder style player and uh nine turns is is a little limited (laughs) okay but i've i've had games of white castle where multiple players have gotten every single piece of wood off really oh that now that's impressive well it also can just be it was the setup like right, the setup yeah. can can right. make it so that you can really chain a lot of things together. Yeah. Sometime. Well, maybe um, because we were talking about like how easy these games were to teach. Why don't we pivot to our kind of discussion? Yeah. Topic here, which is the idea of learning modes in right. games, because the, like White Castle, Thunder Road, they're not exactly the same game, but they're on the more accessible, right, more elegant. Right side, like that's not all the games we play. Yeah, and yeah, so, I, yeah, and and I, if you don't mind, if yeah, I jump if in, I, okay. So that is what, like, okay, so of uh, evacuation, which should be appearing in the states any time now, and it really isn't heavy. Yeah, well, he, I'm I'm shaking my head in disagreement. But see, okay, but see, we're going to have this discussion. So, you know, when evacuation is put down, and they say, "Oh, well, play the race mode first to get into it." Well, that's what they recommend. Yeah, that's for what first they, play. They recommend race yeah. mode, and we were bored to death. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't fun, right? You know, there wasn't. So a, this was the origin of this conversation. Right, is kind exactly. of like you played it, and you were like, ugh. Yeah. Race mode, did you guys do this? 
isn't it terrible? Yeah, like, essentially exactly. was your, was your yeah, take on it. Exactly. Yeah. And so then I watched Thinker Themer's review of it mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, it's really good. We were playing in point mode. We, we added a couple of, of extra little mo- modules and Amy just loves it. And it's like a nine for her. Well, you know, okay. And if- that wasn't the game you played. Like that, you don't almost didn't recognize what she's talking about. Then, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so, yeah, we tried it in point mode and it was like 180 degrees. I wouldn't rate it a nine, but it was way better with a focus, you know, with, okay, well, this is going to get me points. This is going to get me points. This is, you know, it was just so much better. And it's like, why are you wasting my time with this race mode, which doesn't present your game? In a very great light, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's just one opinion. And I maybe some people have played race mode 50 times, for all I know. But I, d- I doubt it. Pardon? I mean, I think race mode is designed to be played once um, as a way of learning the game. Yeah, but the problem for me with it was that it was a big turnoff. Sure. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, why? I mean, can we come up with something else? I didn't think point mode was that much more complex. Did you? Uh yeah, really. Well, let me let me put it this way. Um, I think this the, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation is I think I kind of disagree with you. Okay. Here and I think the reason is, like, uh, I think this is in terms of weight. I think ex, uh, especially with points mode and some of the other add-ons. No, but that you just do, the points mode because that's all. Okay, I just just talk points about. mode. I yeah. still think this is a four on on the weight. And it's not that the rules load is so heavy. I think it's the questions that the game poses to you like there's some very hard questions of how do you how do you break down your engine on old earth in order to rebuild it on a on a new planet and your first play you can fail at that okay horribly. so 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 i i want to jump in trey and i are different kinds of players yes we are trey sits down on plan to win what? Oh heck yeah! That's what you're talking about. No. See, yes. See, I just want to understand the game. No, but see, me, I'm a push the pieces person. That's true. You will push pieces around without knowing what they do at all, and That's until true. the whole thing comes together, if it ever does. If it ever does. <laughs> now, Trey, you aren't supposed to agree that strongly. Okay, but yeah, I'm a push the pieces kind of person, and pushing the pieces for the race mode in this was terribly boring. Worst so maybe let, let me explain to people that don't know race mode in, uh, in evacuation. When you're rebuilding your new colony, which is the main thing that you're doing right. in evacuation, you're actually building production. Like you're, and, and there's different resources that you're kind of generating capacity for in the, in the new world. And race mode just says, hey, once somebody has gotten to this baseline production in all three categories, that's the end of the game. And really, whether you play points, if, even if you play points mode, that's the core of your score a lot of times. And so it's saying, hey, new player, this is the most important thing you're going to do is rebuild your production engine on the the new world and we're going to design a mode that's going to focus your attention on this core part of the game right. to the exclusion of other things. I, I will say this. I think I would have liked them to, now let's see, what happens if they say the race mode is purely a tutorial? See, they don't present it like that. Okay. 
Okay. Now, if they say it's a tutorial, then then I'm probably and this much... Is, and this is one of those games that sometimes annoys me, where it has all these different modules, and you can just pick and choose. Whereas I want to, I want the game to say, you know what? This is this is the real evacuation. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Play with all of these the, things right. or whatever, and only play with this thing for your first play or something like that. All right. That. This is a tutorial yeah. for the main course. Then it's like, oh, okay, it's a tutorial, and we don't even have to finish it, right? Because, no, we get it now, right? Yeah, and race mode should finish quicker. But I, you know, for us as an advanced player, (laughs) not exactly. So I think ultimately what what the problem was here is that they did not frame – their quick start or their learning mode game properly for you. Yeah. I mean, despite your kind of like, oh, I'm just here to push the pieces and I don't want to win. You are a veteran heavy Euro player right. who has designed games and has a giant collection of games that we're surrounded by here in, in Jennifer's <laughs> house right now. So when you think about the audience for a quick start, when you're when a publisher is releasing a game, it's not you. Right, you're not the audience for these right, things. Right, exactly. And I think, like Tom, has often um, when you know we get games and they have a quick start option, he'll ignore it. He will completely ignore it. And I think that with the certain audiences, you are correct to do so. Right, now, right. And and that's what bothered me is that this is presented as a real game mode, right? Versus, and, and in fact, I have it in my notes. Mm-hmm. Versus, let's say something like revive right which is this campaign and but you know that it's a campaign and that you can open these things up whenever you want because it's your game yeah right and so had they presented it even that way but this is like oh well you can play like this and you really should play like this before you play the other game well there are games out there, yeah. where even me or you or Bruce need to play the beginning part. You know, we need to do that. But name it that way. Hey, you know, this is a tutorial. Yeah. And then, yeah, the framing, uh, yeah, the framing was off. See, I, ass- I assume, because like, again, I think I think this game's heavier than maybe you do. I assume they know from their testing that teaching that game with a lot of the audience for board games is tough enough that people were really struggling with it. Well, it and all so they depends. Had, they had to distill it. Now, whether they were successful or not, right. that's another question. But listen, I mean, in defense, I think a lot of publishers are doing this. They're doing quick starts or learning modes. Like, and it's not even this. This is a new thing. I just think it's more common now. I've heard, a, like, in her presentation uh, at. Um, Tabletop Network a number of years ago, Elizabeth Hargrave specifically advocated for this as a way to expand the audience for board games. Right. The, you know, lo- let's lower the bar for learning a game. Let's make them more accessible. Right. Let's expand the audience. Quick starts can do that. Yeah, except I'm, I'm going to push back on that yeah. because, yes, her level of games should absolutely have tutorials, beginnings, more player aids, more accessibility. But if you're going to say the evacuation is a four game, that's not a game that is going to be an introduction to the hobby. No, but what I don't know is, I like you, I liked my second play of evacuation much more than my first. 
I liked it fine the first time. I was eager to try it again with the points mode. It's like, okay, now let's take the training wheels off and let's play points mode. Right. Because a similar thing had happened. It was like, we were just getting going and the game ended. And I was like, right. that didn't feel good. No. Um, but like, we saw, I saw enough there. Like, let's try it again and let's play point mode. And like, and then we started yeah. playing with the advanced actions on the cards right. yeah. as opposed to just the base, the now, base no, actions. No question for you. Did you play the advanced actions on the cards with the four-player game? Four-player? Yeah. Uh, I played. I did not play it in the first time we played in race mode. We did not use the advanced action. Right, right, Second right. time, yes, it was four player, and really? we played with it. And it was, yeah, was it? Because now Amy said she didn't think it was uh, that she recommended not using the advanced mode uh, for the points mode at least the first time. Maybe, but this this kind of doing the same thing of like, how do you distill all of these different elements that is in this game into something that's a little bit more manageable right and, and like that the race this is why i might defend race mode is like that was enough of a teach for me the first time that when we played the second time and we got the advanced actions yeah and we got some of the other bells and whistles and we played points mode i was ready for right, it the, and, yeah and that's where like on my second play i was like i think this is one of my favorite games of all time wow so like it, it so it kind of it kind of worked for me right but see if the race mode is presented as a tutorial then we don't finish it we don't need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm talking about my experience with, with both modes. Yeah, I don't mind starting out that way, but why am I finishing? Because then it feels like a game session mm-hmm. versus a tutorial, hey, this is part of the teach, right? Yeah, the other game that I wanted to mention, and I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you, is Voidfall. Mm-hmm. And here I've got my, I've got my notes. Okay, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get your notes on Voidfall. Right, and what uh, they have this tutorial, right? Okay, and it's built into the rules. Mm-hmm. So, but some of the stuff the to- tutorial uses, and some of the stuff it creates its own thing, and some of the stuff it doesn't use. Right. Well, after stumbling through that for like two hours. I'm like, screw this tutorial. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to learn the game and I'm going to present it, you know, like what the way we played it the first time. We just didn't use the fallen heroes Mm -hmm. and they aren't a big deal in the game. Well, why couldn't it have been presented that way in the first place? Because their tutorial, in my opinion, for I mean, now Voidfall, you know, is a heavy game. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a Suchi underwater cities game. This is, you know, David Terzi at his heaviest. And so there's no need to handhold like that. And the presentation of the tutorial was terrible, in my opinion. Okay, the game we've enjoyed for the most part. Mm -hmm. The setup is probably going to be a barrier. Yeah, because it's insane. <laughs> the setup is is ours. Right, sometimes it's not worth it. I mean, it, well, it, it works for us because okay. un, unlike game night, you're playing we, here in your house. And you no, know, but that. we know that we're gonna play it. Right. So we you know everybody comes over. Well, okay, we're gonna play void. You know, I always ask people if when they're coming, what do you want to play? You know, and then they tell me, and then we come to agreement. So when they come, then it's already set up. And I I can never, I'll never forget a friend who came for the first time. He goes, wow, it's already done for us. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, because we want to get started. This it shouldn't be around us sitting around waiting for Jennifer to put all this stuff 
together. So at any rate, though, I was very disappointed in the way that they did that. Yeah. And but Voidfall is also one of those games where they have like a bunch of different scenarios. Right, and, right. And that's fine. Uh, I, I haven't found any of those that I... The ones that like that that I have liked are games that actually have a in a progression where you want to continue right, playing them. Right. Like, like, like Gloomhaven... You need to learn the game as you play. Right. You're not ready to exactly. play the twelfth scenario right. until you have played the first eleven. Right. Because they're introducing a new like it's the StarCraft thing. Right. right. It's the Blizzard thing of like each level we're gonna introduce a new concept and right. you're gonna need we're gonna make you show that you've understood it before you can move on to right. the to the next level. Like that's good game design. That's not, I don't think, what's really happening with Voidfall. No. No. It's just, you know, you feel like Trey, that me and you should have had a, been, been able to come on that game blind and fix it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, it, I think in the end, Voidfall is just not a game that appeals to me in like what I want to play out of a board game right. these days. But I know plenty of people for, for who it, it is. Yes. It, it's like that is what they they want. Right. They want an engine builder where they can then smash it up at the end. And- yeah, but you know what? It For me, it has that scythe feeling, right? Where well we could have combat, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what or I mean. Or we could decline and right, and then just show ourselves. And so again, coming from the old school of hey, let's duke it out, okay. And this is what we're doing well, in this game, and why pussyfoot around? Let's let's get off of Voidfall and get back to the idea of the of the starter mode. Just well, no, but that's why. No, I'm, it's a good it's a good example there. But let me because I think one thing you said. That I that I may not completely agree with is like you're kind of saying if I get you, if I understand you correctly is like sure. there's some games that are heavier that have this heavier weight right. where the audience is always going to be heavier more right. exclusive and so don't try to pretend like you're playing Catan right or <laughs> you know or, or King of Tokyo here like this right. is a, a heavier thing and so. But the, the the caveat would be like I can think of heavier games where like I'm capable of playing heavy games, but I can balk off of a game where if the initial teach is too hard, right? I sometimes be like, you know what? I'm not I'm not really willing to return. And like one of those examples, like people keep trying to get me back into 18xx games, and I did have a bad experience the first time I played, which was the nature of those games is you have these, you know, you're you're forced to. Makes a very large decision right at the beginning. In one of them, yes. Oh well, maybe that's the one I played. It's like that was I'm, the one I'm you played. Up private right, exactly. Like, I had exactly. no idea. But see, now I someone should have just said, I, "You're you're doing this, and here's your private corporation." Right. And which is how I explained. Well, that's very smart of you. But but I because you know we love Tom. Try <laughs> have known Tom forever, but Tom sometimes. In his explanations, misses context. Trey likes narrative. I like context. And so what should have happened in that game is, you know what? Just turn everything upside down. Choose one because it's not going to matter. Yeah. You know, it's it's irrelevant. Instead, I got stuck on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But if you don't say that, then how are you supposed to ever know? So, no, I understood the whole thing. 
I feel that Trey could be so good at eighteen. God, it, you know, he loves. I'm, I'm it. so glad I have not gotten sucked into them because I do see people playing just hours and hours and hours. And no, hours no, and no, hours. no, 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 no. I not mean, Ben, Ben, hours. Ben has gone down, down the eighteen X rabbit hole, and he's very happy to be there. No, yeah, he is, but at the same time, it's like the same reason I haven't played a lot of Baldur's what? Gate Three. It's like I, I'm sure I would really love it. Yeah. And that would be a terrible thing for the writing I need to do. Right, I know that. No, but see, Ben likes those kinds. But because of the renaissance of 18xx, you know, you're you're stand, you're sitting right in front of. I can look at three 18xx's here that are done in three hours. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, no, it's never well. Okay, a friend of mine plays one of them in 45 minutes. But I'm not telling you that's typical. But um, no, no, they don't. They definitely don't have to be long. They don't have to be complicated. Ben likes those kind, and that's that works for him. Right. I think for me, if I'm playing again, it's just like the Twilight Imperium with 18xx. If I'm playing past eight hours, why am I not playing advanced? Mm. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Trey, by the way, folks, is a very accomplished advanced. I'm not, but I did play it as a teenager, and so I have a great deal of affection. Yeah, for it. no, but, it, but he's but it's almost good. impossible to get a game of it now. Well, uh, 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 we, of, when we played it, and it's kind of like, oh, there's reasons why we don't want to play this anymore. Like it takes a long time. There's a lot of downtime. Yeah, but see, again, you know, you. Well, I, I guess I would advise that you ask the game breaker his experience when he played with us in a seven player. Okay, and see how he felt. About I will let it. the game breaker uh, speak for himself. Right. So. I th- so maybe like to wrap up this discussion about fast starts. Yeah, I think they are a really great trend in the hobby. I think they expand the audience. I think your kind of point is, um, they waste my time. They waste your time. But you're not the entire audience. You're a segment of the audience, and you're going to figure it out anyway. Okay, it really then, is for the people that need um, the assistant. I mean, Catan would not be as successful if it did not of have course, a starter. I'm not mode. talking about that game right. or that audience. What I'm saying is more agreeing with Tom mm-hmm. that if your game is a 4.0 or better, then you need to focus how you present it to people yeah. who would play 4.0 games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying, of course, of course you need these beginner modes for the middleweight, even maybe the middle heavyweight. But when you're getting into some serious gaming, I think... Okay, put it this way. First of all, like, for example, again, I'm sorry to get back to it, but Voidfall, you try to give that to someone whose favorite game is Everdale, that tutorial is not going to help. No. Okay? And they're never going to get there. <laughs> right. It's not going to be their game. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is, tailor your, your introduction to your audience versus just saying, okay, well, we have to do a tutorial, so we're going to do this crappy tutorial. Yeah, I mean... That I, was a complete waste of time. I, I think really it is did. fair to say that um, Evacuation probably identified in testing that it had a tough teach and that they were losing a lot of players 
on the on the first teach and they weren't getting to that point where they could really appreciate what I think is a really great game. And so they they knew they had this problem. Now did the race mode and the tutorial ascent or quick start that they put together actually fix that problem? I think probably not. Like it, it, it's not the greatest, right? No. You had a negative experience. I remember being kind of mildly disappointed in right. The, so it's like they had this problem and they didn't quite fix it. And I no. think that's what we got. Yeah, I. They're think, not wrong for doing it. No, they just didn't nail it. But you know what? If I were still in the game design, which I'm not, I would sit down and make a real tutorial for that game, mm-hmm. a real one. Right. That really did introduce you to the concepts because the race mode, well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's called a tutorial. It introduces you to the concept. It doesn't make you play an entire game that is frankly boring if you are looking at, you know, the heavier side of it. Right. And I would just redo it, you know, because I think it can be. Sure. I'm certainly not saying it can't be done, but this yeah. is what we got. Yeah, exactly. But I'm no longer in that <laughs> world. Trey, Trey is. A, we're all anxiously awaiting his Galveston, Texas game. Yeah, keep waiting. We are. I, <laughs> I have been kicking it around lately, but it, the the thing that's happening with it is is kind of like feature bloat, where I, I keep on coming up with like, oh, and then this could do this, and then this could do right, this. And right, right. Suddenly it's like, oh, this isn't the simple tile laying game. That right, you right. You know, that anymore, is, that's you know? one thing that I think we got right in Advanced We more modified what was there we did add a few more calamities mm-hmm. a few more trades but we didn't let it i mean can you imagine advanced with feature bloat well next week when we get done right yeah it's, it's already pretty <laughs> significant but at least with with civ you have a card system right and card systems are incredibly flexible for right. expansion because you can just you know you write text right and you've expanded the game that way without introducing all new mechanisms that have to be taught like the, right. the cards just speak that's why a game like agricola has such high replayability is like you just, you just keep releasing new cards and, that change the meta they all fit yeah yeah and yeah. like they all fit and then some of the being too powerful and so the community bans them and like that that's how magic works magic right. gathering yeah. like mm-hmm. you can you just print stuff on on cards yeah yeah by the way folks that's when i first met trey was with my horrible pasted up copy of agricola Oh, that's right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the first time I met Stephanie, too. Is I think yeah. Stephanie, this was at Strategicon. Yeah. And, um, this is a long time ago. but 2007. It's when, yeah, they ju- had just come out. But that's yeah. an example, though, of like, uh, that game immediately I thought was great. Right. You know? And most people did. We were, well, I mean, I don't paste up much because I'm yeah. terrible at it. But I was determined to come up with a copy that was playable. Yeah. No. By the no, way, no. let's just to wrap up this conversation. Sure. Agricola has a kind of quick start mode. It has a, it had a family mode. Right. Which is terrible. Which is which is Another like oh, example. let's eliminate the thing which is actually most appealing about the <laughs> game, which is I'm the occupations about. and uh, and the improvements. And ironically, the family mode is incredibly brutal. Right. Like starving <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah. It's actually exactly. quite hard not to exactly. have your family starve. So you're trying to play family mode without the complications of these other things. And everyone's starving around the table. It's like, why the hell should we play this grim German farming death game right. ever again? So I think it's mostly ignored and, and rightly so. But, but, but at the same time, if it's still in there, it's a problem. 
yeah, I think it's now like listed as an option in the appendix or something. Thank goodness. Something like that. All right. Well, Jennifer, it has been wonderful having you back on uh, the podcast. And I look forward to doing this again with you sometime. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. When when we can find something else to argue, I mean, disagree about, which will probably be pretty soon. <laughs> pretty <Okay>? frequently. <laughs> All right. Great having you on. All right. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Ben Mandelker, and Trey Alsop. Thanks to Edamaros Peleg for our art. Check him out at Kerberloni.com. And thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. You know them as Alfred. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. You can reach us by email at contact at GameBrain.com. Thanks for listening, and go play some games with friends, or go make some friends with games. Games.